You're listening to the Man Chat Podcast, a show with two men talking about recent events and the effect they could have on men's mental health. This is Sean and Huggy, your hosts. Welcome to the Man Chat Podcast. We are now on to episode eight. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, says ocho? Ocho. Ocho, we've done it there. It is me, Sean, and Huggy. Hello, Hello. Huggy. Hello. How are you doing today, fella? All right, mate. Yeah, it's been a busy week already. It's only Wednesday. I'm looking forward to the weekend. Oh, you are. And you're looking forward to the Lions game, which is on as we are recording this. We're on a timeline today, aren't we, Huggy? Yeah, yeah. Against South Africa, A, if you can even call it that. Uh, It's a very, very strong South Africa side. Oh, mate. And is uh, Carl Sinclair playing? He is, actually. I think he's starting, if I remember correctly. Again, it's all down to us. We've we've done wonders for, for his career. Today, we are going to be talking about pressure comes off the back of the Euro 2020, even though they're in 2021 finals. And of course, England, unfortunately losing on penalties. But I think in what we saw was probably the most intense pressure situation a 19-year-old has probably ever been put in, you know, to to, to win a final for England for the first time in over 50 years. And we're relying on a 19-year-old that I've heard has never taken a, a competitive penalty in his career as of yet, which is, of oh, course, really? Bukayo Saka. So that is unbelievable. And we're going to be using that today to talk about pressure, how we deal with pressure. Lots of things about pressure, I think, today, isn't it, Cal? Is, is the topic we're going to go Yeah, And yeah. I think... Fair play to him, though. He stood up and took it, if he's never taken one before. Oh, mate, huge bollocks on the on the fella. Um, and I think mm. just before no we actually get... In... No wonder he missed. They got in the way. <laughs> got in the way of his run-up. But yeah, and I think just before we start, actually, I think... You know, we can't we can't mention the Euros in the final, of course, without mentioning the terrible events that followed it, really, in, in terms of the way some people have acted. I know it's something that we've touched on before, Huggy, in our, our previous podcast. Yeah. Um, but if yeah, if football, I think I've I've said it before this week in, in our group as well, you know, if football causes you to get angry and the first thing you want to do is is shove racist abuse at players or any abuse at anyone, then I don't think football is for you. And, and make sure that you are calling out your mates on that behaviour as well. Um, I don't know anyone that, that did that. I don't know about yourself, Huggy. But if I did, we wouldn't be mates and we'd be calling them out on on what is just pointless behaviour. Um, and, you know, we have to start off on that note because you can't really mention the Euro final anymore without that being sort of the main um, story, which is, is, you know, it's a shame in itself of what was a great tournament, isn't it? Yeah, unfortunately, it's overshadowed what was a great tournament for England. Yeah. And despite everything that has happened globally but how we as a nation have uh, dealt with a bit of a shit sandwich the last year with the government saying you can go you can't you can do this you can't do that you know and I really feel that over the last I don't know how long it's been eight weeks I think the tournament however long it was yeah 47 days so yeah just under seven weeks yeah so the work that they've done from going from the beginning of it to bringing the nation together for a final first time in 55 years they've been at a final to get to penalties against Italy who have gone 34 games or 37 games unbeaten something ridiculous 
with a young team, a team that's changed every single game or pretty much every single game throughout the tournament. So there's been no bonding, no gelling in terms of team tactics on there. Everything's changed. I think they did pretty fucking well, to be honest. Like, yeah, I mean, they, they can walk away from that game with their heads held high and just let, like, I just think it's a poor, poor show from the supporters which felt the need to hide behind a fucking keyboard. Mm. Um, and a can of spray paint for the Marcus Rashford mural to think that they can just go and put something like that out. And I just think, were you not watching the rest of the tournament? Yeah, and arguably Italy were one of the best teams in the tournament, I think, like yeah. I said, deserve winners. And yeah, the first final in my lifetime, in your lifetime yeah. as well. Thank you for that. Even though, even though you are a bit older, not, not yeah. quite the 30 years older um, that yeah. you need to be. So that is, uh, unfortunately, the sad side of, of what we saw. We'll get into the podcast on pressure and how we deal with it. And I think it's quite remarkable in terms of, I suppose, Gareth Southgate, when we, when we think about the Euros and pressure, in that he didn't bow to pressure to put Grealish on, to put Sancho on, to do any of the things that anyone was saying. He, yeah. he sort of stayed quite resolute. Whether that is a good thing or a bad thing, it, it depends because we obviously didn't win. But there's always going to be pressure there. And, and that is probably someone that we could look to as someone that has dealt well with the pressure um, of, of the task of leading England football club. Um, but on to yourself, Huggy. In terms of pressure, I think let's start with a situation probably where you've, you've felt under intense pressure, uh, whether that be recently or, or years ago. Um, when was sort of the last time, and I mean, it might not be Saka taking a penalty in extra time to keep England in the, in the Euros final, but when was the last time you felt a similar amount of pressure in terms of what you do in your, your life? It's probably like most recently. It's probably with work. Like I'm, I'm dealing with some quite big things at the moment, and having to go to some quite big stakeholder meetings and present at some of them. So the pressure mm-hmm. that's going in, and for me, it's relying on other people. So I'll work in the background with a group of guys from like finance or marketing or whatever like that. Yeah, and I have to. Re- I'm the I'm the face of the presentation for it, <laughs> but I've got to rely on the work that they've done. I might not understand all of the work that they've done, but getting my head around it, and they're not on the call. So, just before going on to some of these um, presentations, I can feel my heart is beating through my chest. Like I, I'm yeah. thinking, oh my god, what is going to happen? <laughs> and then, and then I'm thinking, what, what if, what if? But at the end of the day, I always remember. I can't remember which lecture it was, but a lecturer told us at uni was those that are watching a presentation for the first time have no idea what you're going to tell them. So if you forget something, they don't know that you've forgotten to tell them something. And that's something that I always try and tell myself before a presentation. Like if I'm glancing at my notes or I'm going through it, they, they don't necessarily know exactly what I've got written down on my paper, as long as I can respond to a question, but there's still nothing sort of hiding the fact that before going in, you're always got that. What if, or what, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? How am I going to present myself? The best way I can describe that feeling is when you're about to go on a roller coaster and you're stood yeah. in the queue and you can hear oh. everyone screaming on the roller coaster and you're thinking, why, why the fuck am I about to get on this thing? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> and, and you're looking around and you're looking at like all the nuts and bolts on there and you're thinking, it's just an average Joe that tightens those up. If he's had a bad day, <laughs> what's going to happen? Uh, and then it. you're thinking these the things. End. Yeah, yeah, this is the end. Um, and it's just, you think to yourself, and it's the same going into any situation like that, you contemplate the effects of potentially failing. For me, mm. I've said it on other podcasts, for me, it's always that failing. It's always that letting other people down. So my manager has has put 
his trust in me to be able to get a project done and then present it to his managers. So yeah. ultimately, if I fail, yes, it's a slap in the face to me, but it's also going to be a slap in the face to him, which turns into another slap in the face to me yeah. twice. <laughs> double slap. We love the yeah. double slap. Yeah. But for me, that's there's nothing I can do about it. So before, I've, ne- I've never had a panic attack. I, I don't really feel like I get too anxious, so I can't really say I've ever had like an anxiety attack or anything. But for me, it's the worst feeling. I've ever had is when I try and do something as big as that, or even just getting on a roller coaster. I can, I can, I can mate, I can feel it pushing through my heart coming through my chest, especially in roller coasters. I'm a big guy when they push those um, seats down and they're really like pushing on it to get it to click. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, (laughs) this is all that's holding me in. Oh man, I'm with you on now. I fucking hate roller coasters. I remember when it was, I think Monica took me to Thought Park for my birthday as a surprise. And let me tell you, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. I only just started going up with them as well. I was like, yeah, no, I really like roller coasters. Yeah, this would be this would be great fun. And yeah, mm. absolutely shut my... I mean, the queue is the worst bit of yeah. the whole thing because it builds it up. It's the build-up. Um, that, that pressure, and I suppose it's... In, in your case, sounds like that thinking through, right? You think about all the possible scenarios of yeah. what if, what what happens here, what happens there. Um, which is similar to what Danny was saying in our interview, wasn't it? About like to try and be more in the present and, and not worry about what's happening um, in the future. Yeah, which place. which is a good bit of advice if you can heed it. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. Harder in you, the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's harder in the moment, but it's harder in the moment as you lead up to a situation. Because I find yeah. when I'm then in the presentation, I'm fine. I just ramble and just talk, yeah. and normally I'll try and get a laugh early on because then that's it's it? not it's not to read the room it's more to settle my nerves because then yep. i kind of can judge the rest of the room and i can judge the situation so that's yeah. okay but if you're in a situation where you can't do that like the other one sort of outside of that is i suffer really bad when it comes to exams yeah so so at uni i used to shit my pants every every exam <laughs> even if i knew the exam questions <laughs> I would then be worried, like, what if I go in there and just forget everything? What if I even forget my name? Like, which, granted, yeah. first year, I think I did forget my name. Um, Stupid but... ID number as well. They don't make them easy, do they? <laughs> yeah. But it's just that anxiety. I think for me, yeah, it's dealing with that what if. What if I forget? What if I let someone down? What if I fail? And not thinking about, well, what if I actually succeed? Yeah. always We always run to the negative, don't we? It's- yeah. Like it's, I don't know if it's easier for our brains to think that way in, in terms of how we wind. I'm not quite sure on the scientific um, explanation behind it, but it does seem that whenever you think about something, you rarely think about it in the good light, doesn't it? It takes more um, effort yeah. to be optimistic. Like, well, what happens if I go in there and smash it and then it goes really well and then I'll get a promotion or a pay rise or, you know, I finish the exam in, in time and I pass it. You know, what happens if my playlist from first year does finally take off five, hey, six years later? I'm an international DJ. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to be getting more people on there um, yeah. for, for what, sure. What about for you? Where, like, what, when was the last time you kind of felt loads of pressure? And then did you, how did you deal with it? Yeah, I suppose I've always said it's interesting with pressure because I put quite a lot of pressure in terms of internal. So, you know, we speak about like comparing yourself to, others comparing yourself to where you want to be or putting that pressure on yourself. I suppose most of mine is more internal. So external pressure is usually 
less than what I have of, of myself in terms of, you know, oh shit, I didn't do this today or I haven't eaten that well today or I didn't do much work or, you know, all those different things in, in life. But I think one of the recent external ones was definitely at work um, after the sort of December last year, which was a shit show for anyone in the fitness industry trying to <laughs> trying to do something in there with half the industry closed for, I think, seven months of the year. And, you know, we hadn't hit our targets as a sales team. Anyone that's listening that works in a sales environment will know that if you don't hit your targets as a salesperson, that's all you've really, that's all you've really got. It doesn't matter if you're a nice person or not. It matters about the numbers on the, the page at the end of the day. And yeah, we didn't hit them in, in December or I didn't hit mine either for, for last year. And there was quite a bit of pressure at the start of this year to, to get ourselves back up and running. And, you know, it was a, a short 90 day deadline. If you don't hit this target, then it's not going to be looking good for you. And I suppose that was probably more the time, pressure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so as well. what, what a way of my management. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you don't hit this, you're out. You're like, oh, fantastic. So yeah, that was probably quite pressured then um, because, you know, I'll be honest, I've been almost sacked a few times at the work I do, which isn't surprising given the life I used to lead. And uh, this was probably the, the, the closest in, in terms of like, before it's always been a bit more of a managed process, I would say. You know, it's, it's yeah. less direct, less intense. This was quite a direct, <laughs> intense instruction. If you don't get um, this by then, then then you're gone. And yeah, I suppose with that, it's it's difficult because the one thing that can do is affect your confidence. And particularly if you're in a role that is performance-based, if you're under pressure and it affects your performance, you're then going to do a worse performance and you're therefore likely to not yeah. hit the target. So I think that was big for me was just to make sure it didn't really affect my belief in myself um, in, in terms of what I thought. I maybe quieted down a little bit internally into the company because you can't be, you know, being the loudest mouth in the room if you're not quite there with the results. And yeah, I think for me, it was just a case of getting my head down and really just focusing on, on are these the right actions mm-hmm. every day to make sure that we, we get out of this situation so i suppose in, in that sense dealing with the pressure it was more taking a step back keeping the confidence and then just creating a plan that i mean works because i'm still employed which is fantastic it's always a positive uh, exactly always nice to wake up to well sometimes it's not nice to wake up to actually sometimes you're like, oh, fuck this I wish i was on furlough christ yeah like monday morning yeah. oh yeah oh, there was a few sorets for sure in there on, on monday morning and our company decided to put a five-hour conference on on monday afternoon and like the last thing anyone needs sober and fresh is five hours on zoom (laughs) after a euro final involving two of our european countries that we work in so yeah just take a step back do the plan and then just work work my ass off and and hopefully you know we we get there in the end um so yeah that's sort of how i've dealt with pressure probably the last situation and if you were to take a penalty what do you think would be your your uh your approach in terms of how you approach the penalty mentally and also physically, because it's a very long walk from that halfway line to the penalty spot, particularly when you talk about thinking all of those thoughts and, you know, on the build up to that penalty, the pressure gets more and more. I I think because, well, we can only speculate, but I assume they talk about all these things. Like if it goes to penalties and they'll they'll know, they'll know, they'll have all this, statistics to say like the goalie nine times out of 10 goes to the left or so that comes that just leaves your head I imagine as you're walking up in front of 70,000 people however many there were (laughs) and they're either all screaming like for you to score or they're all booing you or there's silence or even if you're in your own head and you're thinking I was going to go right but what is it the coach said to me he normally goes right should I go left (laughs) Uh, 
never done a penalty before in my life. Like, what the hell am I thinking? For me, I think I would just go up. <laughs> I'd probably just try and leather it as hard as I could. <laughs> I mean, Send it right over the crossbar. That'd be you, one of them. Um, but no, I, power. I, I would like to think I would try and stare at the goalkeeper. Yeah. Try and get in his head. Do a little stare down. But I also think the best way of doing it is probably just do your own thing. So probably just like look mm. at the floor as you're walking up. And then you're not looking at the crowd. You're not taking in that you've got all these pairs of eyes looking at you. You're not looking at the goalie who's trying to psych you out. You're not looking at the ref. You're not like, you're in your own head. You're walking up, you place the ball. And I think just look at the goal as you're about to do your run up and Mm. um, start. And I think that would probably be best because just stay outside your head. Yeah. So stay all focused in what what you can control. Yeah. In those little moments. Yeah. I like to think I'd, I don't know. No one ever really smiles, do they, in a penalty shootout? No one's ever like. I, I, I feel can you like imagine a you... boxer walking up to this because you know how like boxers meet yeah. before about and they're like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you." Yeah. <laughs> I'm the best. I mean... I'm the best. Imagine, imagine a footballer, Saka's walking up to it and he's just bouncing the ball as he's walking. Yeah, to it. He's do like, what I'm I mean, I think slot this top left. You watch, guys. Yeah. this is going in. That's what I mean. A little bit of like. You know, you, you, it's, it's your turn to take the penalty. You have a mm. look up, at, you're in Wembley. You have a little look at the uh, stadium announcer's box. He, he plays your favourite walk-on tune. Yeah. You know, you've got like the Pink Panther or something playing as you're walking, you're walking down. walking in like McGregor. Like, like, like exactly. flailing all around. The lights are going. You're like, yeah. here we go. We're going to take the point of the goalie. You point of the ball. <laughs> and you're like, you're yeah. having it. Yeah. I'm coming for you. Uh, I'm going to go right and then you stick it left. And then he misses and then you just come up with an excuse. I'll say with a broken ankle or something like that. Yeah, what was the David Hay one? Oh, I had a broken toe. Broken toe. Yeah, I've had a broken yeah. toe since before the match. Yeah. I didn't want to say anything yeah. earlier though, just in case. I did my Achilles on the walk to the penalty spot actually. So um, this isn't my best penalty. Yeah. But yeah, you never really see anyone do a bit of showmanship, do you? Really? I mean, the showmanship comes in when they chip the goalie or, or, down yeah. the, middle, or the goalie dancing on the line. But I've never seen a football player just sort of smile and laugh and I think that was a a key bit from the Italy-Spain game if you watch that one when they went Kilaini was just um, I think he was like laughing and joking with the other with the Spanish captain showed how relaxed he was yeah Yeah. and then the final penalty uh, Jorginho Pickford saved against but uh, yeah Mm. he just sort of kept really calm and slotted it but I think that's the only time I've seen someone happy in a penalty shootout actually so maybe yeah my approach would be happiness that's another person. Obviously, everyone talks about the penalty missing and all of this. Mm. But Pickford, fair play to him. Like, he let oh. a couple in, but outstanding on saving a few. And I've seen a clip of him somewhere. I think he let in one and he kind of stands up and he's like, fucking going to have it. Next one. Like, going to get any saves the next one. And then I really? think that was the one. Yeah. I've seen the clip. I'll have to try and find it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've um, seen one where he's like shouting, like, no problem. He's like, no problem. No problem. And then he punches oh, maybe the it's that one. Saves- maybe it's that one. Saves Jorginho's, I think it is. It's the final, the final penalty that it had to save. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, being a goalkeeper in a penalty shootout is the ideal situation, right? If you mm. if you don't save one, and everyone's like, oh, it's a penalty, they should score. If you save one, everyone's like, oh, you are amazing. You, yeah. <laughs> you hero. It's only yeah. ever taken it where the, 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 there's there's more pressure. Um. So yeah, I think happiness. That would be the way I would go about it. You know, mm. big old smile on my face, bit of a strut down there. I'd probably be absolutely shit at a penalty. I think I've taken. I think I remember I did get nervous when I used to take about 11 aside. Um, yeah. And I was terrible, to be honest with you. 
but you... I'm just not very good at football. So there, there's, 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 there was a lot of factors involved rather than just being nervous to take a penalty. <laughs> if you can kick a ball, you're doing <laughs> yeah. all right. But do you yeah. think he did the right thing in choosing? I'm, I don't know whether it was that he asked for volunteers or whatever he chose. I don't know. But do you think in a way it was good if he did choose the young players to do it? Because he's probably thinking they've got less pressure on them because they're quite young although they're obviously very experienced, they're professional footballers, but they're inexperienced. So maybe that would help them because yeah. they've never maybe taken a penalty for, you think, like, I think, I can't really remember, I was quite drunk, but I think Harry Kane took a penalty, <laughs> didn't he? I mean, he took the first one, yeah. There we <laughs> go. <laughs> so you imagine he's probably taken them at Tottenham's ground or United or something, like a full ground, and he's probably missed yeah. them in the past. So he knows what, the pressures are yeah so he's probably feeling it more than what maybe 19 year old Saka who's never taken a penalty in a full ground might feel mm. so it could either be that Southgate if he did choose was doing something good in thinking well I'll go for the lads that maybe won't feel the pressure then you know that weight's not on their shoulders and they'll just go and do their thing mm. or whether he would have been better off it's that psychology what where is it where yeah. where's that where's that I balance feel- of I feel like in terms of like Harry Kane, obviously he missed a penalty in the Denmark game, right? And then scored on the rebound. Mm. But I feel like if you've taken a lot of penalties, you're probably more relaxed because you're like, I know I can score a penalty. Whereas if you've never taken one, you probably have a bit more fear because you're like, oh, fuck. You know, it's like whenever you do anything new, you always balls it up because (laughs) you don't know what you're doing, right? Very rarely do you go to do something brand new and you're like, Oh fuck me! I'm class at this, you know. Even yeah. like when you when you try cooking, right? No one tries cooking for the first time and cooks a Michelin star dinner, do they? You're like, oh fuck! I've burnt no. half the food, and this tastes like absolute ass. Yeah. Um, but it could potentially be a long term game, right? Like if you think about if we think about Saka or Rashford or, or who's the other one, Sancho that missed them. Think about them now. They were what 19, 20? They're gonna have many more penalties in their life and, and big oh, pressure yeah. situations. But I doubt. Yeah unless they had the penalty in a World Cup, there's not really a bigger tournament in football that you can miss a penalty in. Like, think about being Saka no. now. He must, well, hopefully, and, and maybe we can reach out to him to get him to come on and do another uh, guest interview with us. But hopefully he's like, well, nothing I can do now will ever be as, like, as under pressure. Like, I've, yeah. I've missed a penalty in the Euro final. I could literally, do you know what I mean? A misplaced pass now to Saka must be like, ah, fuck, yeah. who cares? Um, so maybe, yeah, for the long term, you know, when we get to the World Cup final next year or the end of this year, end of next year, isn't it? End of next uh, when year. We get, when we get to the World Cup final, they'll all be like, oh, yeah, we, we know what pressure is. We're there because they're all young and they can all if, take that. If we them. get to it, apparently there's petitions being signed to say that because oh. everyone was breaking into the stadiums that we won't be sent to the 2022 Qatar World Cup. Really? Do you really think that will stop the fans from going over? No, exactly. They've probably already bought tickets. Like, yeah, no. I mean... Football is a, a different gravy of tribalism, isn't it? Of people that support yeah. it and follow it. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think... I, mate, we'll get there. I'll back us. We'll be there. I'll be there. We'll be there, man, chat. We'll have a little booth. We can get all the players in after their penalty shootout. So, tell us how you dealt with that pressure. Yeah. Um, Do you reckon there's there would have been more pressure on the person who had taken the next penalty for England? Yeah, because that would have been Sonnen's death. So it's, it's, yeah, it been if exactly Sacker had scored that. Or do you reckon yeah. Saka had the most pressure? Because I, I personally, I think the n- most pressure would be on the next person. Well, like yeah, said, it would be. Because, yeah, it's sudden death. So if you miss, yeah. you're fucked. Yeah. Um, 
should let Jordan Pickford take one. He's an absolute. I mean, he's an ever. He plays for Everton, so I hate him. And he injured Virgil Van Dijk for the whole season. So. Hey, that was clever. That was pre-planning. He knew. He knew the <laughs> Euros were going to be postponed. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he ruined our season. But yeah, I mean, for England, he's an absolute geezer, isn't he? So mm. shouldn't let him take one. But yeah, I thought it was an uh, interesting exercise from Gareth Southgate, and we'll wait to see what what happens over the next few years with both both Southgate and obviously Ooh. Saka. Yeah, South, Southgate apparently tweeted saying that because everyone's saying, what about your future with England? Are you going to commit to the future? And he's like, I've just been under so much pressure for this tournament. He goes, I just need mm. some time away. He says, right now, my head is telling me I'll be taking this England squad to Qatar next year. But yeah. he's like, right now, I just need a holiday. I need to not think about football. The amount of pressure yeah. I've had on me in terms of a football team and a nation. Mm. He's like, I just, and that's it. The pressure comes down on him. He's the one which made the decisions. Yeah. Yes, Saka, yes, Saka kicked it, but ultimately, did Southgate choose him? So Southgate put him fifth. Yeah, yeah. and so good to see that he's getting some time it. away and taking a break. You know, mm. good to realise his pressure. So we must uh, maybe we can get him on as well. Him and Saka. Yeah. Imagine that as an interview guest podcast. Oh, let let nice. us know if that's what you want to hear. Yeah. Let us know. If any of our listeners are friends of him, reach out. Yeah, or. Have a good beard and a waistcoat, um, which I think, Huggy, have you got a waistcoat? Uh, probably not. No, if you had one, you, we could we could pretend yourself. Okay. Thanks, mate. I think that's yeah. the first compliment you've given me. Oh, mate. Well, look, we're softening as we get through these. You know, as we get as we do more and more podcasts, spend you more cutie. and more time together. Oh, you cute, blossoming, blossoming it is. So. I think we're going to the Agony Uncles. Agony Uncle, here for you. So this week on the Agony Uncles Huggy, we have got the following question that someone asked actually in our group. Um, and I thought it'd be a good one for us to share just in case anyone else is thinking the same things. And also, I think it's a good thinker of a question um, to have. So are you ready for it, Huggy? Uh, yes. Go on. Yes. Oh, you don't sound too confident there. <laughs> Get you in. So this is, I won't say their name. Um, but yeah, their question, I suppose, to the Agony Uncles was that they find that when they see a woman in revealing clothing, it sets their hormones through the roof and they struggle to think clearly or think about anything other than how they can try and sleep with them. And they do go on to mention that they don't actually act on those biological feelings. However, they have said that they are obviously inappropriate and inconvenient, um, which I can imagine they are if that's what you're thinking every time you see a woman in revealing clothing. Um, and he, this person does not want to take their behaviour around women. So he is asking for any help or advice on what he can do with this, I suppose, this issue that he's facing um, around how how his body reacts to women in revealing clothing. Now, Huggy, I know that we are both lovers of females, um, but I, I think just to kick this off, I don't think we should ever look at them as just sexual objects. No, of course. Not what and this think... is about. No, of course. And I think my only advice is don't ever act up on it. Yes. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Um, but I don't know. It's difficult. Yeah, I wonder. I that's wonder my only advice. Just don't act up don't, on it. Don't act up on it. You know, I wonder how much I wonder how much like porn or stuff that they, they watch. I wonder if that links, oh, we're going links there. to their feelings. You know, <laughs> we, well, we're not watching it together on this podcast. I mean, no, that would be rather strange. Uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, maybe works. maybe that is something that's that's causing this link. Do you know what I mean? I suppose if you always think of women in that way, because in porn, that's the only thing they do, right? That's the whole purpose of watching it is to see 
women in that sexual way, maybe that's causing a link for him to think that that's okay or I suppose normal behaviour in public. Uh, because yeah, yeah, I, I suppose it's a, a difficult one because one's reality and one's a fantasy. Mm. And if he can't clearly think until he's kind of got over that person in terms of mm. who he's seen. I just think that maybe he's, if he is that, he's spending maybe a bit too much time uh, yeah. on, on his phone or his laptop um, watching certain things because yeah. I, I just, yeah, I, may, maybe, maybe I'm the one, but I just don't understand how you could not think clearly and, until yeah. you kind of got past it. It's, just, it's a difficult one. I, I just yeah. think my only advice would be continue not to act up on it and if you feel like you're getting closer to doing something go and see somebody who do you see in that situation who would you i'd hope you just see a doctor or you'd see or you'd phone like a helpline or something yeah an overactive sexual imagination Mm. but that must be very tough in summer if you know if, if you are a bloke with that issue like you go for a walk around the park it must be it must be quite tough to be fair to if yeah like especially if you can't control it but I imagine there's probably things that you've been exposed to, like you say, in in your life that has led you to create that connection between seeing like a woman's arm and, and you know, becoming overly sexualized to that point where mm. just a little bit of skin sort of sets you off. So I think, yeah, they definitely need to look at their that diet and that relationship with the yes. females and women and how they actually approach it. Or maybe just think like every time you see women revealing COVID just think of your mum or something do you know what I mean it's god that could turn out even worse <laughs> you don't know how hot his mum is yeah especially if that goes in the wrong direction eh? <laughs> but no e- either way just because a woman's dressed like in revealing clothing yeah she's like women can wear what they want the same way guys can wear what they want like they shouldn't have to be worried that something that something's going to happen like yeah. yeah, dude, whoever whoever that is, I would just say stay as far away from acting on it as you possibly can. Yeah, and, and maybe reach out to a doctor to, yeah. or a, a medical it, professional to, to help you. Yeah, if it, if it gets a little close, yeah, if it gets a little bit too much because we can't help you, so nah. there'll be someone that can. Well, you, or you could imagine us topless, which would be a horrifying thought. Um, to, well, it depends to, if he likes hairy chests. Uh, well yes everyone does have different preferences that is keen cow exactly so yeah we can't really help you too much there but hopefully for them or anyone else that feels that way that they get overly horny at seeing girls in revealing clothing get get yourself to a doctor or readjust your relationship with sort of the way that you view women in your your daily life because that's probably something that leads into it well it's not like it's it's probably normal to feel something or be attracted But it's to it's, it's the part that I just can't compute is the fact that he finds it really hard. Well, no pun intended. Finds it really <laughs> difficult to like focus on things. Yeah, that that just yeah that part just doesn't sit right for me. Yeah, get get yourself get yourself speak to someone and see if you can yeah. get yourself some help. Well, thank you for that, Huggy, on today's Agony Uncles. Um, as always, keep your problems coming in and we will see how we can help you. Send them through to manchat at lockerroomjournal.co.uk or go on, Huggy. Go or on, Huggy. I'll give you the floor. Drop us a DM on Instagram because we're now on there. And it's we at, are. It's, well, our handle is at the Manchat podcast. Uh-huh. Find us on Insta. 
give us a like, give us a share, give slide us a listen. Into the DMs. Yeah, slide into the DMs. And yeah, let's see what we can help you with. And as always, Huggy, we will wrap up today with our Say Your Day, um, which is our highs and lows for the week or anything that's been happening. And Huggy, as always, we will start with your lows of the week. Um, for me, I found out I got my surgery two weeks today on my knee. Mm-hmm. So I've broken my kneecap. Um, yeah. <laughs> apparently it's an old injury, but yeah, I've broken my kneecap and I found that I got another phone call from the surgeon today. I've compressed my tendon or something in my knee. So whilst he's in there fixing the broken part, he's going to fix that as well. Um, Wow. What does that mean? Your guess is as good as mine. Um, It just means a lot more money. Um, (laughs) That's what it means. Um, And then, so yeah, it's just that. So, and also like, I'm quite nervous at the moment because I've got going for like a COVID swab before. Mm on the Saturday, then I've got to isolate until the Wednesday when I have the surgery. Okay. And since they said, oh yeah, obviously the risks, they have to read out the risks. I get those. And then it wasn't until they said, oh, and obviously you could contract COVID and you can die from it. And it wasn't until then I thought, oh yeah, how many times do you hear of people in the news of, I only went into hospital with a broken leg and I got COVID <laughs> and died or something like that. Um, yeah. And it, and it does worry me because you're obviously you're more vulnerable. Well, I don't know if you're more vulnerable, but you're very vulnerable. If you're unconscious mm. on a bed surrounded by loads of people in a room. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of like my low point. Cause actually I'm quite nervous about it. Never been like, mm. I've had my shoulder done. I've had my other knee done. Or like I've had surgery a few times and I've never been worried about it, but yeah, I'm quite nervous about this one just because of that. And because of the, the, the potential risk of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, because like the other risks you know of, like the blood clots, you know, you know those, you know the part and parcel, you know they're quite small. And I know the risk of probably getting COVID is even smaller. Mm. But because it's so prevalent at the moment that you see that in the news, it's just that one yeah. that plays in my mind. Um, yeah. But hey, live by the sword, die by the sword. Mate, we, we have to take some of your pressure advice, and, and maybe not pressure, but think of how fun life's going to be with an uncompressed tendon. And a non-broken yeah. knee, eh? You can finally yeah. take up your dream of being an Irish uh, river dancer. I, well, yeah, I've got the frame for it. Oh, definitely, mate. You were built for that role. It was just was. a knee that was holding you back. It was. Um, I was thinking more ballerina. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you that flexible? Um, no, but one of the boys, you know, Sam Bennett, who always comments on the things. Yeah, he's bloody flexible, that boy. I can't wait is to get it? him on one of these podcasts. What, what can yeah. he do? He can do all sorts, all sorts of <laughs> very pirouette uh, like movements. And the other day we were at the rugby club and he was stood up straight and he needed to tie his lace. And instead of bending down or going onto a knee, he just straight legged, went down and just started doing. I'm, wow. t- I'm telling you, if I try and do that straight legged, I can't get past my knees. Yeah, my legs are so tight. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, Sam Bennett will be on to talk about flexibility um, in the future. Yeah, he needs to give us some tips. Yeah, well, maybe Huggy, you can start a split challenge once you've uh, (laughs) you've got your knee fixed up. We'll put you on an eight-week stretching split course and see what happens there. Yeah, that that would be good. That would be good, actually. Fantastic. Well, yeah. Sorry to hear that, mate. And as you know, the man chat, the man chat community, we're always here for when you do feel nervous. Um, or even when you're in hospital and just want to talk, we'll be here. Yeah. 
Thanks, lads. Maybe help we can record a special podcast from the hospital. Oh, we could. Imagine the beeps in the background of that episode. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Get my surgeon involved. Yeah. Cow's knee's fucked. Um, <laughs> better to get rid yeah. of it. He's now got one leg. Oh, no, hopefully not. No. Well, no, all the best with your surgery, mate. Um, Thanks, mate. For that one. And I think, yeah, my sad, well, not sad, what we think low of the week has been, uh, oh, basically, I sort of fell off my diet a bit this week, which is quite difficult to do when you're trying to get bigger because you can't technically really fall off because but you can still eat too much right because i'm trying not to eat eat um i'm trying not to eat too much so i don't just get fat again and i've yeah. put on a, a decent size but yeah i'm really struggling with the weekends with monica to keep on my diet and i know it's, it's quite a cliche thing isn't it like monday to friday you're on your diet and then saturday and sunday it's beers pizza takeaway and everything you haven't had all week but you should um, be doing that during the week if you're bulking is it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely not. But and I, I also try and create, you know, I've, I've said before about sustainable eating of, you know, I'll, I'll have a takeaway throughout the week or I won't actually deprive myself of, of any foods. But yeah, I think because I don't see Monica that much, we've got into this habit of like, <laughs> we see each other on the weekends. We're like, oh, it's the first time we've seen each other in a couple of weeks. Like, let's get a takeaway Cheeky. or let's go. <laughs> exactly. Let's get a Nando's, um, which has literally just been ruining my diet. And I had this week, my calories that I could go down to were, it was something like you've only got to eat like 1400 a day. And I was like, that's not possible. Like my breakfast alone is 800. And without that, I get hungry. So I'm not. What the bloody I'm, hell are you having for breakfast? Oh, we have a little shake. So it's, uh, I'll give this recipe away for free. Maybe we can do a little free ebook for, for being with the download of the breakfast. But it's, uh, it's milk, banana, oats and protein powder. Okay. Which is fantastic because i haven't got time for breakfast and fits up the calories when you've got to eat a lot it's quite easy but yeah. now i'm getting very hungry in the mornings if i don't have it um so yeah I, I i can't quite work out what to do on the weekends to keep myself on track for the rest of the week because monday to friday we're fine but saturday sunday when i'm with monica we yeah absolutely and we had a couple of weddings as well which has been quite a lot of drinking obviously the euros and getting excited for that so it's it's, yeah, it's been taking its toll a bit so you're trying to get bigger, but you're only having 1,400 calories? Well, that's all I had left because it's done on a oh, weekly basis. Oh, okay. I thought you meant you had 1,400 calories for the day, yet trying to get bigger. I was like, Oh, Christ, what? no. God. I mean, yeah. I'm already tiny enough. I'd be, wouldn't, wouldn't be able to see me if I turned sideways <laughs> if I was on that. Chaos. So, yeah, that's been my struggle of the week mm. um, and, and something that's been tough to sort of... Because once you've done it, you probably you get the guilt, you get the shame, you're like, oh, fuck, and then you're like, well, I can't do anything about it, but now I've just got to... Get back on. Try it. not to do it again this weekend, and then the weekend comes and you do exactly the same thing as you did last yeah. week. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course, it's just that vicious cycle. It is, but I'm hoping by talking about it, we can uh, get get through it and find a routine that works. Yeah. And then the highs for the week end on the highs for all the listeners um, that make it this far every week. Uh, what has been um, your high of the week, Huggy? Probably the weekend. Amanda and I went away with um, some friends of ours. Chris and Regan um, went to Anglesey, had a really, really nice weekend. Went away as, yeah. soon, as soon as I finished work on Friday. They came and picked us up. We went over Friday and Saturday night there. It was just so nice, just right by the sea. Mm. Spent all day oh. Saturday on the beach and it was glorious yeah. weather. I was there on my budgies. Um, oh, did you get another? Burnt, is it a burnt the back of my legs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, which are now oh, really no. itchy because. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Wow, that is a yeah. site we would love to. We, we are thankful for putting that in our heads. You and Save your that in the eating, bank. Your, bank. <laughs> eating your eating, scratching your sunburnt legs. Yeah. Um, did you take a Did you take a duke? Is it duke or duke? A duke. Yeah, we went in the sea. Yeah. So, so oh. as soon as we got there, and it was still quite early, but um, yeah, it, it was good. Went in, got my head right under, had a little swim around. Oh. It was nice. Felt great after. Oh, man, I'm not surprised. That does sound dreamy. Yeah, mate, it, it was genuinely exactly what we needed. It's been such a busy couple of weeks of work um, and then just some other stuff going on at home. Uh, hopefully mm. some other good news, which will come in a couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, it's just, it was so nice just getting away, having some R&R. We all had some really nice time. It was just nice to spend some time with Amanda away from home. And we just had, yeah, mm. it's a hot weekend. Like brilliant. Yeah, and, never- and we got back on Sunday, we went at the rugby club. Yes. It was nice, like it was packed. All the boys were up there. Um, it was just unfortunate about the result, but all in all, it was a great experience. Mate, what but, a weekend! I bet that weekend felt like felt like a week, given the felt, amount of activities a, you put yeah. in there. That's it. It actually felt like a weekend because we did something on the Friday night. Because how many times do you finish work on Friday yeah. and you just do nothing? You just sit in front of the TV, and then yeah. you've only really got Saturday, and then Sunday, all you're thinking about is going to work on Monday. So it was, it was nice, yeah. well worth the oh, hangover man, on Monday. But, Thank God we're all remote working, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Hiding behind the laptop, yeah. not turning the camera on. You're like, ah, <laughs> no, it's not working today. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah, but no, all in all, really, really nice weekend. Wow, oh, that's fantastic. That is great to hear, mate. Mm. Um, and I think my high of the week has just been one yesterday and maybe Friday, but just socialising with people again in bigger groups. Um, I know we we met up quite a long time ago now but uh, i'm like i've been out to we had a wedding on friday and then had a our first sort of big work meal yesterday there was only about i think 10 of us that could make it but just being able to be outside chatting with your mates i mean having a laugh enjoying socializing meeting new people again yeah and just getting sort of back into that social i mean i was absolutely buzzing from from uh, from all of those events, I was like, this is great. I'm a very sociable person. We like to talk. That's why we have a podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah seeing those people and enjoying the good times um, that are there. And I'm very excited for next week to come with Freedom Day looming over us. Are you going to be um, one little, to... get that mask off straight away or are you going to be a little bit apprehensive about it? Well, in London, you've still got to wear it on transport. So yeah, I saw that uh, today. Yeah, I saw that today. It's not ideal. But what about everywhere else, like in shops and stuff? Are you, are you going to... Oh, just get it off, off whip it out yeah oh, mate, i'll be whipping that mask off mm. for all to see i, I probably will in big places i think it's just small little like shops i think when you're like yeah. quite tightly compressed i'll probably still wear it then yeah well we i think uh, that's what we'll be touching on next week won't we so we can have our oh, first day I'll of freedom quiet. day and we can uh Oh, don't be quiet, but we, we can see we can see what we are. Are we mask wearers or not? We can put it to the public yeah. as well on the, the Man Chat podcast page to see what, what people are feeling comfortable with doing and doing. But yeah, yeah, very excited for that to be gone, mainly just so you don't have to fucking book places or you can stay in places longer and, and go around. But yeah, that's been my highlight of the week so far. Yeah. Um, meeting those people. So yeah, looking forward to that continuing. Um, well, Huggy, episode eight or Oche, as they say in Spain. Yeah, uh, done in a bag. Thank you for joining us as always, Huggy. It's been great thank you, mate. And perfect timing for the Lions game. So perfect thank you very Lions. much. Come on, the Lions, um, and I will catch you later. Cheers, buddy.